Welcome into District 1 Sports. Mike and Micah back with you. Washington football team is going on the road for the first time this season, traveling up to Buffalo to face Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. It's been a week since the Washington football team last played. Thursday Night Football is about to kick off now. And last week, Washington football narrowly escaped against the New York Giants and barely beat them with getting a second chance on a field goal opportunity from... Uh, from the New York Giants offsides, and that led to a victory for the Washington football team. Now, the challenge this week is obviously a lot more difficult going up to Buffalo road game. A lot of things are different. The Washington football team is uh, an underdog for the first time this season, coming in as an eight and a half to seven point underdog, depending on where you want to check the different books at. But, Michael, what we usually do, we're going to start off with what are your overall thoughts on this game? What do you see as potential traps for this Washington football team where you're like, well, if this happens, there's no shot we win? I think the worst possible scenario is that the Washington football team simply on all three phases of the game and all three phases of the game get completely outclassed. And you see the difference between a team that could be in the conference championship and some people see them as a possible Super Bowl team. Versus a team that is in the middle of the pack, slid by to get to the division last year, out in the first round, a team that's not playing up to their true potential. I think that there's a chance that this could be a deflating loss. And I think that, once again, it'll come on all three phases of the ball. I think that the Bills have the chance to outclass the Washington football team on all three phases of the ball. Obviously, their offense is automatically more potent. Even with the troubles that Josh Allen is going through technically, and the Bills might not be firing at all cylinders as they were last year, this team is built to succeed, and this team is built, once again, to make a deep playoff run on the offense. Really, I mean, the only thing that I would say could be of consideration here is possibly that you know the D-line could have a breakout game finally against Josh Allen, but I mean, what good is having a breakout game against Josh Allen when Josh Allen has... And it's probably going to be one of the most dynamic quarterbacks you're facing all year. So that's just something of note on the offensive side. Um, you know, the Bills offense to the defense, you know, flipping that. Washington's offense could be in a scenario where they can't even get the ball out to their best players on the perimeter because you have guys like Javius White. You have strong safeties like Jordan Poyer making an impact. And their linebacker play could absolutely stuff this run game. You could be in a situation. And let's not even let's not forget the D-line is one of the better ones in the league. You could end up in a situation where the Washington's offense, Taylor Heineke, they're getting a lot of press man or whatever the case might be. They're showing looks that they're never going to really see a lot of time because this defense is so different and so elite at what they do that you get in a situation where Taylor Heineke is out there scrambling for his life, not being the type of accurate passer that he can be, and they're making a lot of mistakes, and it could throw off the entire flow of the offense. And on the special team side, I mean, yes, our special teams isn't necessarily the worst, but it's not necessarily the best either. Once again, you could end up in a situation where we're putting – um our backs against the wall, and Tressway has to boot it, and it might get a longer turn. You might end up in a situation where you might need Dustin Hopkins to make a 50-plus yarder or even a 48-plus yarder, and he might shank that thing. It's really, really telling. I think this game is going to be really, really telling as you know what this team actually is going forward because if they are an actual playoff team, and yes, they still have this rough stretch in the middle of the season, but if they're a playoff team, they'll play like a playoff team. They'll be relatively competitive or really competitive, I should say, and they'll show that, hey, we can keep up with the Bills of the league. But if they get absolutely outclassed and it's one of the situations where you're losing by 
two or three uh, possessions, <laughs> well, you really have to look yourself in the mirror at that point. And yes, you have to look at yourself in the mirror at this point, at this juncture of the season, because as I mentioned, it doesn't get any easier coming from here. You have a bunch of playoff teams you have to play. This is the first test, and it doesn't get any easier. So really, this is, uh, once again, another must-perform-really-well game. I won't say necessarily a must-win, but it's really a must-perform-well game because if you don't, you're going to fall flat into one of the roughest stretches in the NFL for a team this year. This is just the worst way to start on the road where you have a raucous crowd. You have the QB in his second start with you guys but hasn't played against a tough road team. You have a defense that's not performing to the level it's supposed to be. You have a struggling quarterback on the other side who's looking to kickstart his season against a potentially disastrous defense as of right now. Everything so far is really coming up that it's not going to be a positive type of game for the Washington football team. But I do want to do what we usually do and give them a chance on what we think that they do well and what they may have an advantage. So I'll start here, Micah. For me, I thought every week it was going to be the same thing. Our D-line is going to be able to dominate their O-line. But at this point, yes, I saw all the stats about the pressures people had. I've watched the game. um, I've watched now that Giants game about three, four times. And yeah, they are getting chipped. They are getting uh, double teamed the most or second most in the league, as Ron Rivera said. But you still have to be able to make plays. You still have to be able to dominate. And that D-line hasn't been able to do that. So for me, I'm switching to the other side of the ball. I'm saying our offensive line is going to be the reason why we win this game. And let me explain to you why. I was uh, watching NFL Live earlier today, and they came up with a cool graphic. Obviously, we know Sam Cosme was in uh, the top three tackles in rushing this week and is the top five tackles in rushing all season as one of the best rushing linemen, um, blocking linemen in the NFL. The highest run block rate as a tackle now is Sam Cosme at one, Charles Leno at nine. So your two tackles are in the top 10 when it comes to block rate. And not to mention, Brandon Shears for guards came in at number seven. So not only do you have two top 10 guys in block rate, on the outside, you also have a beast in all pro and Brandon Sheriff as your right guard being an absolute monster. So you have to be able to capitalize on these opportunities. If they're able and want to win this game, yes, Taylor Heineke can throw for 300, but feed Gibby. Give him 25 carries. Give him 26 carries. Let him go and just churn against this Buffalo defense because this O-line obviously has proven over and over again in these first two weeks that it can get... Uh, yards. Gibby was averaging five yards a carry against the Giants, so he can get yards. Give him the opportunities to, and I think that's what's going to lead you to a victory if you're the Washington football team. Michael, where are you going if Washington wants to win this game? What advantage do you think they have? I'm just going to piggyback off this. I think it has to be the offense. I think you have to find a way to defeat what looks the Bills are going to give. And I do think that, yes, you mentioned that the run game and really what they're going to be able to do within the um within the hashes, what was really important there is, you know, being dominant and firing off the ball. But I do think on the perimeter, too, it's going to have to be a really complete um, offensive game here. I think on the perimeter, you have to defeat the fact that you're playing a great perimeter unit as well. I think, really, it starts with Terry McLaurin showing up and really showing that he is that number one receiver, and I do think he is. I don't think there's a mistake about it at this point. I mean, he's outplaying Stephon Diggs right now. It's not, you know, it's not a comparison by comparison type of thing, but... 
Terry McLaurin, he's going to command at least 16 plus targets throughout the game. And I think that one of the things that get messed up when you face a team like the Bills or a team with the great perimeter players is that you're a little bit scared of testing them. But I think what Terry showed against James Bradbury last week and what he's shown really since coming in the league, I remember that game against the Patriots with Stephon Gilmore. He even got off. There's an like when you trust your receivers to make these plays against great DBs, it can happen. But it's not just Terry. Terry's going to be able to show up. But once again, it's the guys around Terry that are going to have to really fill in the blanks here. I'm expecting more from the rest of the receivers. Diami Brown, once again, I'm expecting him to get a little bit more looks in the vertical game. Adam Humphreys, I'm expecting him to kind of work in the slot and be that slot guy. Cam Sims, they made it a point to say Cam Sims has to get more touches. We'll get Cam Sims more touches. I, I don't think that is a game that they're going to have to be necessarily dominant in as just one unit. I don't think they're going to have to lead the charge on offense. But I do think if you're going to work on what you're going to work on and be dominant within the hashes as a as a primarily run team at this point, run the sub the pass, I do think that when you actually go to pass, you're going to have to be really, really decisive in what you're doing. I don't think that Taylor Heineke is going to have much time to really just sit in the pocket just because of the O-line. It's not necessarily saying they're bad pass blocking unit, but I do think he's going to have to be a little bit more mobile. I do think that the looks they're going to give him is going to be a situation where there's going to be a lot of man out there. It's going to be a situation where he's going to have to make a lot of tough throws and and trust his receivers. And what better time to do it now and instill confidence in that unit than do it against a team that is highly regarded as one of the best defenses in the league and having some of the best perimeter players, as I mentioned, in the league. I do think that's going to be kind of the key here is, you know, whatever they do in the run game, I do think that they're going to have a potent run game here. But I do think that on the pass side of it, they're going to have to kind of match that production. And I do think that if they show up on offense, just as an offense in general and an offense in total, it might negate some of the pre- uh, some of the issues that the defenses have. We kind of saw it last week where the defense, I mean, shoot, they're playing Daniel Jones in the Giant. And they're giving up, you know, a bunch of bad looks, but the offense is keeping them in the game. It might be another situation like that, albeit it won't be as ridiculous as Daniel Jones running read options having basically 90 yards. But Josh Allen is, once again, a way better quarterback than Daniel Jones. He has the ability not just have a 90-yard game. He has the ability to have a 120-yard game and still be able to throw for 250-plus yards. So this is something we just have to look out for. The offense is going to have to match whatever production is being put out there by the Bills. But I do think that the key here, if they do want to win, they're simply going to have to outscore the Bills because, I mean, look, the defense is going to do what the defense is going to do. I think they have a really, really tough task here. But I think the offense has the ability to show how legit they are and the improvements that they made in the offseason really worked. And this is, right once again, a great week to do it. I agree with you there. Obviously, we're both on the offense, offensive line, being the advantage that they could take over. Yeah, they did shut out Miami, but Miami, that game was kind of misleading the 35 to nothing. They got opportunities driving on the Bills, and unfortunate things happened. Obviously, Tua went out. And then the Steelers were able to put up points on the, not put up points, but beat them week one because that offense was so putrid. It's going to be tough against a very stout um, Bills defense. Terry McLaurin did come out. I believe preseason and say Tredavious White was one of the toughest corners uh, in the NFL, one of the best Mm -hmm. ones to play him. So he's going to have a very tough assignment on him. And you can expect after seeing what playing off on Terry does to him, they're going to be playing man. They're going to not have him allowed to get that many pitch and catch, um, that many uh, opportunities to pitch and catch with Taylor Heineke. So it's going to be a lot tougher. And those other guys do have to show up. On the flip side now, I want to go to what – is the weakness and what worries you. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but something that was very positive coming on, coming into this season has totally flipped for me. And that's a secondary. The secondary yep. has been a complete 
joke this season. They are not cohesive. They've missed assignments. William Jackson has a 49.3 PFF grade as of this <laughs> moment, one of the worst in the NFL. Kendall Fuller has not been himself this season. Ben- Benjamin St. Juice is a rookie, and I'm making it a, one of my things to not rag on rookies early on in the season, but he's getting picked on because he's a rookie. Landon Collins got beat by the same play against Daniel Jones in the read option, and he's looking like the same Landon Collins before the Achilles injury. Cam Curl, I watched the game back. He did get beat a couple of times in that Giants game, and Bobby McCain hasn't really made any splash plays in that secondary. So a secondary that we thought was going to be improved with signing William Jackson has been atrocious. And we saw what Keenan Allen did uh, week one. Darius Slayton had an opportunity to be that guy week two where he had a touchdown on William Jackson the third and then had a wide open touchdown that he completely dropped and changed the whole flow of the game. Stephon Diggs is going to put up 100 plus yards. Yeah. There's nothing we can really do at this point to say, hey, no, like maybe we William Jackson could. No, he's going to put up 100 plus yards because the top receiver and the quarterback's favorite receiver has put up yards the first two weeks of the season. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams killed us. Jared Cook killed us. And the same thing is going to happen with this um, Buffalo Bills team. And I'm worried about this secondary. It's not something that I thought I would be worried about. Yeah, I thought that the linebacker crew was going to be a problem all season. But I never expected that the secondary would be something that I'm like, I don't know where exactly this went. So hopefully in these 10 days, they switch things up. But for me, the defensive secondary is definitely my number one issue right now. What about you? The defensive secondary, I was going to mention, I'll say this. I think it's the pass game in general. The pass game on defense, I mean, whoever the pass game coordinator for the Washington football team is, he has a hell of a task ahead of him because the Bills and what they do and how they set up their pass game and how they find ways just to get digs open, how they use Cole Beasley to the point where, I mean, he can even be considered an all-pro slot receiver, how everybody for the Bills is that type of receiver that has the ability to have hands and kind of break it. Even guys like Isaiah McKenzie can get out there and get you great plays. Like, it's a really, really scary type of thing. I mean, we'll see if Gabriel Davis and stuff plays, but Gabriel Davis is another guy who just causes matchup issues. And, of course, Diggs is, in my opinion, the best route runner in the league. It's going to be a really, really tough task for this pass game. And, it does, you know, the pass game is not just DBs. It's kind of everything working into one cohesive unit here. Linebackers on I the mean, dude, you team. might see Dawson Knox absolutely. Bro, you yep. might see Dawson Knox absolutely destroy whatever linebacker gets put on him. Whatever linebacker gets put on him. I don't care if they move Landon Collins down from safety and put Bobby McCain back there and move Landon Collins down to try to shadow Dawson Knox. He might get cooked, too. It's just that type of game. And it's one of those games where... The Bills are not going to, you know, disguise necessarily what they're doing. This is their game plan. Josh Allen is a top five QB. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to give him the option to run the ball when it's there. We're going to pepper you with the run game. We're going to uh, set you up with some looks um, with the run game. But we're not making a mistake about it. There's Diggs right there. He's going to command. Like I mentioned, he's going to get that Terry treatment, 16-plus targets. We have guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley that are going to be able to pepper, uh, pepper the middle of the field. And then we're going to take our deep shots, and it's going to work. And... I think the defense, honestly, is just going to be able like, they're going to fall for it. They're going to get peppered, little chunk here, little chunk there, and then it's going to be time to open it up, and Diggs is just going to run right past somebody. It might be William Jackson. It might be Fuller. They might have two people over there. It's just a situation, man, where this pass defense and really, and it goes into the pass rush, too. I mean, this pass rush is not playing how they should, and they're not necessarily getting all the pressure they should. 
it's going to be a situation where Josh, if you give Josh Allen time, bro, this is not going to end well. Because, I mean, even Josh Allen without time, yes, he has been a little bit rattled at times, but it's not a situation where his mechanics are terrible anymore. He's not reverting back to his old ways. Josh Allen is who he is now. He is a superstar. He's going to be able to make plays and get you to win if he doesn't mess it up or if the everything around him doesn't fail. This past game, bro, like, I'm just really thinking a doomsday-style game where Josh Allen is damn near near 400 yards passing. He doesn't get touched. He doesn't get sacked. There's barely pressures. And it's a situation where his defense absolutely collapses and everybody looks bad. You see guys, you might see like situations where Diggs is cooking William Jackson one play, then he's in the slot against <laughs> in the slot against Kendall Fuller, and then he pops out on Benjamin St. Juice and cooks him too. This is just the type of thing that they do. They use Diggs everywhere. They use really all their receivers everywhere except really Cole Beasley, who's that slot archetype guy. But I just think that is a worst case scenario here because there has been no answers for the past game, and I still don't think that they found the answer for the past game. I don't even think it's just a D-line thing. Yes, the D-line getting pressure absolutely helps, and, I mean, if the D-line has gotten pressure, I think that some of the inflated pass numbers that you've seen so far are a little bit decreased, or deflated, I should say, but it could just end up in a bad, bad spot. And once again, momentum-wise going into this, you don't want to end up giving Josh Allen 400 yards and then what's the game plan for the rest of the season when you have to face Aaron Rodgers, like Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, like there's so many other great quarterbacks that are going to be played. I mean, you have to kind of show your best, you know, you have to put your best foot forward. And I'm really, really scared that this past game is going to get absolutely exposed and it's going to be really, really bad. And it's going to be a situation where it's like, yo, I don't know what we can do. All levels might fail in the past game. And it's a worst case scenario thing, but I think we're at that point to have a realistic conversation about the worst case scenario happening for them. So it's something to watch. And if they lose, it'll probably be the reason they lose. Yeah. There's no disagreement there with me. Just linebackers, we knew the story going into it. Secondary, I didn't think this would be the case. D-line hasn't been able to get pressure. You mix that three together, you have a terrible pass game. So it's something that I'm definitely going to be keyed in on. If Josh Allen in the first quarter is comfortable and is not rushed and is able to make throws like Stefan Diggs is not dropping that type of pass that Darius Slayton dropped. I promise you that if you have a defensive miscommunication, Josh Allen will make sure he uh, capitalizes on that. And given the way that this Buffalo Bills team needs to rebound and get themselves going for a run of potential to the Super Bowl, this is a game that can get them right. You can obviously tell by the tone of our voice and the way that we're talking here, which way we think this game is going to go. But Micah, it's that time official prediction who wins this game and what's the final score. So I do think that the bills win and this might be a little bit on the, you know, you mentioned our, our tones are a little bit deflated here and stuff like that, but I don't think that the worst case scenario is going to happen necessarily. Now I do think it'll play a compartment and play a, a factor into why we lose. But I do think that in the relative scope of things, it'll be a, a relatively close game. Now, what is a close game, Micah? Well, a close game is not getting blown out by three touchdowns. A close game is absolutely not getting blown out of the water, and by the fourth quarter, you're down by two possessions, and you garbage time your way to a touchdown. I think that what happens in this game is that it stays relatively competitive throughout, and I think the Bills just kind of pull away with it. 
I do think that the Bills have a propensity to start slow right now, which is really, really weird considering how they were in 2020 and how explosive they just were. But I do think that they're on this wave right now where they're starting a little slow. They're not firing at all cylinders. And I think that it might take them a half to get it together. And in that half, what the Washington football team has to do is pay, make, the Bills pay for all of their mistakes. If they make the Bills pay for all of their mistakes, I can see a tie game going into halftime, like a 14-14 style thing, where, yes, the Bills might score. Yes, the Bills might even get a turnover and score, or they might just score off um, just playing field position battle. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that them scoring two touchdowns is a bad thing and vice versa for the Washington football team. I think t- scoring twice in the first half against this Bills defense is a great thing. But I, do, I can see a situation where it ends up being the 28-14 score just because the Bills once they get it together, they remind you why, you know, the Bills are the Bills at this point and why they will probably and most likely be deep in the playoffs. Because for one, they're a better team. They execute at all three phases, as I mentioned, and they have great coaching. And they're just at this point, they're kind of used to winning and and they have the home field advantage. And, and sometimes the extra things in the game like that kind of matters it, it might be a full picture uh kind of thing where it's like hey all three faces were better we had the home field advantage we have better coaching we have a better game plan and this is why we just pull away and win games and i think that what you're going to see here is the washington football team put up a good fight at times but the firepower it's just not going to be there. The game planning is just not going to be there on the level at the Bills. And I think that 28-14 is a realistic expectation for this game. And I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad. It would be a little bit concerning, but it would be, wouldn't be as bad as like a 35-7 thing. And it's like, okay, let's just break this all down now. I think 28-14 is a... Um, it's, not a it's not an okay loss, but it's a loss that you can live with and just keep building from there. Yeah, I think you're a little bit optimistic here. I'm going be nice. With- 35 to 16, I just think they get overpowered every which way. All three phases. Hopkins isn't making kicks. Um, Heineke isn't as good just based off the fact that first road game doesn't have a lot of options, is running a lot. My wild prediction is that Antonio Gibson is going to go for 175 combined rushing um, and catching passes out of the backfield. I think he has a huge game and it'll be... Uh, a big one for him to show that he is a premier back in this league, but I don't have any faith in this defense at all. They're not able to get rush. Uh, they're not able to rush the quarterback. The linebackers are atrocious on this team. The secondary is a mess. Going up against an elite team, like we have to look at, look back at the teams we faced the first two weeks. The Chargers, again, could have beaten the Cowboys, but just did stupid stuff in the red zone. Similarly to what they did against the Washington football team where they weren't able to convert and score touchdowns in the red zone, but they threw the ball all over the place. The Giants look terrible against the Denver Broncos. And we made Daniel Jones look like a top five QB. So imagine what we're going to make an already top five QB look like. And that's why I get 35-16. I really don't think this game is going to be close at all. And I've already mentally prepared myself for the conversation we are going to have after about what is our realistic expectations about this defense. If this defense shows what they've shown the past two weeks, I'll be ready to go ahead and say this defense is not a top five defense. It's not a top 10 defense. It's not even a top half of the league defense the way it's currently constructed. And we have to go back to the drawing boards on that. So I do think this game is going to be bad. But after this game, you have a potential win against the Atlanta Falcons. And if you can do that, going two and two into that tough stretch, maybe you won't feel so bad. But I'm definitely not in a situation where I think this game is going to be close in the slightest. And I'll be pleasantly surprised, honestly, if this game ends up being close. 
that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, a quick preview for Buffalo Bills Washington football team. We'll be back usual time. Uh, we'll record Sunday after the game, immediately after the game. And then the podcast should be up around 6, 7 o'clock Sunday evening to give our instant reactions and reviews on the Washington football team's game versus the Buffalo Bills. But for Mike and for Micah, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.